is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. Turnout in elections without a major national office on the ballot is usually pretty small, but this November may be different. Regardless of what happens, all involved want to see an educated electorate. We never tell people how to vote, but we do want people to be educated on the issue. This is an off-year election, a midterm election, so you usually don't have the turnout that you would in a presidential year. That story and more this West Virginia morning. Two new settlements in West Virginia's ongoing opioid litigation will bring many more millions of dollars to the state. Randy Yowie has the story. Attorney General Patrick Morrissey announced settlements have been reached with Walmart and CVS pharmacies before a scheduled opioid distribution trial. Morrissey said the combined settlement amount with the two national pharmacy chains adds up to a minimum of $147.5 million. We're very hopeful that we can meet all the requisite benchmarks we've set up in the agreement and that we can deliver on a lot of goodness for the state of West Virginia. You know, to all the families who've lost loved ones. Walgreens and Kroger pharmacies are the latest chains in a continuing series of state-filled opioid lawsuits. Mass litigation judges have given the state until September 30th to name any new pharmacy defendants. A new trial date is now set for June of 2023. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. U.S. Senator Joe Manchin wants to get a bill to accelerate permitting for energy projects through the evenly divided Senate. But as Curtis Tate reports, he's running into obstacles. Manchin told reporters at the Capitol Tuesday that he's encountered opposition from Republicans to what he and they want to achieve, faster permitting for projects like the Mountain Valley Pipeline. I'm hearing that the Republican leadership is upset and they're saying we're not going to give a victory to Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin's not looking for a victory. Manchin said Republicans may block his legislation because over the summer he was part of a deal on the Inflation Reduction Act, which passed with no Republican support. But they support what his bill aims to do, Manchin said, noting they couldn't get it done when they had control of both chambers of Congress and the White House. Manchin's bill will be tied to a spending package lawmakers must pass to keep the government open past September 30th. He said the text of the bill will be released Wednesday. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. More than $80 million in federal funding is coming to West Virginia's water infrastructure from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Shepard Snyder has more. The money comes as part of the Infrastructure, Investment, and Jobs Act signed into law last year by the Biden administration. It adds to the $25 million awarded earlier this year to the state's drinking water and clean water revolving funds. The funding is set to be sent to local water systems across the state to help with services like repairs, replacing lead service lines, and getting rid of contaminants and pollution. It's part of a $50 billion package which the EPA is using to help local communities' water systems across the country. This is the first round of money to be awarded to the state's water infrastructure in the long-term future. The federal infrastructure law is set to provide more grants to West Virginia through the next four years. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Shepard Snyder in Martinsburg. In a separate grant, the town of Point Pleasant in Mason County will receive more than $5 million from the U.S. Department of Commerce's Economic Development Administration. The money will be used for a new wastewater treatment plant. The money comes from the American Rescue Plan and the EDA's $300 million coal communities commitment. 
This grant will provide added sewer system capacity to support a new steel manufacturing facility in a region impacted by the declining use of coal. The state will match the grant with a $1.4 million. The new core steel factory is expected to create 800 jobs and generate $2.7 billion in private investment, according to grantee estimates. The steel plant was announced last January and is expected to be operational by 2024. One of the state's largest free clinics is expanding. As Chris Schultz reports, the expansion is being helped by federal funds. U.S. Senators Shelley Moore Capito and Joe Manchin announced $4 million Monday to assist in expansion efforts for West Virginia HealthRight. On its website, HealthRight claims the number of patients it serves annually at its three clinics in Charleston and five mobile unit sites has nearly tripled from 15,000 patients to 42,000 patients over the past seven years. The funding from the U.S. Health and Human Services will go towards the cost of a three-story addition to the main clinic. The expansion will house additional space for clinical services such as dental, vision, and behavioral health, as well as additional office space for staff and volunteers. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. A new analysis shows most power outages over the last two decades were due to extreme weather. State Impact Pennsylvania's Rachel McDevitt reports the instances could increase with climate change. The report from Climate Central finds that 83 percent of reported outages across the U.S. between 2000 and 2021 happened because of weather events. The most common causes were high winds, rain and thunderstorms. Climate Central meteorologist Lauren Casey says a warming atmosphere becomes less stable, allowing thunderstorms to develop. You know, we're putting more moisture into the atmosphere as well, which can also serve to kind of strengthen or help kick off thunderstorm activity. The analysis shows an increase in weather-related power disruptions over time, with more outages in the second half of the two-decade period than the first. Casey says the report underscores the need for people to have an emergency kit ready and for utilities to harden the electric grid to withstand extreme weather. Rachel McDevitt, State Impact, Pennsylvania. Jim Lang is the host of West Virginia Public Broadcasting show Eclectopia. But he's also an avid fan of nature and the sounds that surround us. He sent us this story about a sound many of us hear, but often overlook. Fall is here, no doubt about it. Even before the calendar declares the autumnal equinox, it was already here. And I think most of us felt it. For me, it begins with the cicadas in August. The cicada song is not at all subtle. It's raspy, even rude. Then in September, there are the katydids. A much softer, synchronous, echoing sound. And then finally, the crickets. Crickets become part of the late summer symphony. I spoke to entomologist, Dr. Tracy Lasky. This time of the year, late summer, just prior to fall, you can hear 
some of our very common um, orthoptera, which are katydids and crickets, along with some of the true bugs, which cicadas belong to. So it's a really special time of year just before we reach the fall equinox where you can hear both cicadas and katydids and crickets. These creatures are creating love songs to attract mates. Yes, yes, those long summer evenings and, and nights. As crickets mature and become adults, they need to mate and the females need to lay eggs for the next generation. And so the males create these songs to attract females to them. And so it really is a love song that the male cricket is singing in hopes of finding a female. I think for most of us, the cricket song is so mellow, so casual, and even romantic. Yeah, a cricket is basically rubbing its two wings together, the file and the scraper, and you can think of it almost as a violin. You know, those songs are really the summer lullaby as we move into fall and winter. What's the use of my wonderful dreams And why would they need me Where would they lead me Without you to nowhere Just nowhere For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Jim Lang. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.53. Areas of fog this morning. There's a slight chance of rain and thunderstorms in the northern panhandle. Otherwise, mostly sunny. Highs in the 80s and low 90s. Tonight, a chance of rain and thunderstorms. Lows in the 50s and 60s. Rain and thunderstorms early tomorrow with partial clearing in the afternoon and cooler with highs in the 60s and low 70s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Torres Save a Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TorresSaveAlaw.com. And by the West Virginia Division of Rehabilitation Services, providing consumer-driven vocational solutions to help people with disabilities get or keep a job. Vocational services at wvdrs.org. For some, the push to boost West Virginia voter registration has an overriding theme. As Randy Yoey reports, all involved want to see informed voters going to their polling places in November. Tucker County Clerk Sherry Simmons proudly says with a population of about 6,800 and more than 5,000 registered to vote, Tucker led the state in the primaries with a 48% voter turnout. Simmons says that's because in this tight-knit rural county, they do it right. We have very dedicated citizens that register to vote and change their addresses and change their party affiliation. Uh, we are active with uh, our school system and we work with our teachers. And technically, yes, everybody does absolutely everything right in Tucker County. Working hard on voter registration, Secretary of State Mac Warner says informed voters will have more clout this election. We never tell people how to vote, but we do want people to be educated on the issue. This is an off-year election, a midterm election, so you usually don't have the turnout that you would in a presidential year. Well, 
if not that many people vote, then if you do vote, your vote is going to have more of a proportional impact. You're going to have a larger say. Do Simmons and Warner think the recent abortion legislation passed into law will prompt more West Virginia women to register and vote? That is their personal uh, opinion. I feel that a, a yes, it could. I think there's some indication of that. Delegate Danielle Walker is taking Secretary Warner's advice to heart. The Democrat from Monongalia County and vice chair of the West Virginia Democratic Party is up for re-election, but she's spending her campaign time getting people registered to vote. So we have to channel our outrage due to the impeachment of reproductive freedom. And so we're doing that by taking an opportunity to tell folks you have a chance to make a difference. Your voice matters, your vote matters, and every election matters. Walker says it's not about more women expected to register and vote. She calls it the Rovember election. This is not just a women's issue. This is a human rights issue. And we have to include every person. There's males that are are upset about this bill, and there's also non-binary and trans folks that we must not exclude out of this conversation. So everybody is going to stroll to the polls. Putnam County Clerk Brian Wood, president of the West Virginia County Clerks Association, has a caution for campaigning candidates. Be on your best behavior, uh, respect the voters' uh, privacy in in their space. Uh, obviously, it's politics, so, you know, you, you want to get your message out. We understand that. But we just want to make sure you, you understand where that line's at, so that way there's no voter intimidation. Wood says clerk's office staffers and poll workers do not want to influence election outcomes one way or the other. He agrees that all involved want informed voters casting ballots. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, David Adkins, Eric Douglas, Jessica Lilly, Liz McCormick, Randy Yoey, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.